You're listening to the Grace Covenant East Lincoln audio podcast. Well, Christmas time is officially here. We're not competing with any other holiday now. We get to simply focus on Christmas. I love reading John chapter 1, verse 14 from the Message Version. Uh, it says, The Word, the Word being Jesus, became flesh and blood and moved into our neighborhood. And that's really what we're celebrating when we celebrate the Christmas season. There are many things that surround it, but what we're really focusing on is the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the light of the world, moved into our neighborhood. He is a very personal God. He lives among us. He became flesh and blood. What we're celebrating is uh, not the decorations. And I have to say, what beautiful decorations that we have here uh, on our campus. But the decorations are a reminder of the fact that the light of the world has come and that hope was born. That's why we're celebrating this season. So would you bow your heads as we pray before we step into the message? Father God, um, we simply say thank you. Thank you that you have given us light in the midst of our darkness. Thank you that hope has been born through Jesus Christ, the Savior. I pray that throughout this season, we just keep our focus right where it's supposed to be. And that's on you and not... uh, Lord, there are so many things that we do in the celebration. And it's not that they're bad, but I pray that we never get off uh, focus, that we never lose our focus. But instead, we just continually look to you, Jesus Christ, the light of the world, the hope of glory. Father God, today, as we look to your word, we submit ourselves to you, and we just ask once again, very simply, that uh, through your word and by your spirit, you transform us and that we leave this place differently than when we came. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, this weekend, we start our Christmas series. The series is titled, Fear Not. Uh, And so, uh, for the uh, three weekends... We're going to actually look at the um, occasions in the Christmas story where where the angel appeared to individuals, uh, and each time that the angel appeared uh, in the greeting, the greeting contained the words, fear not, or be not afraid. Uh, I wonder, why do you think it was necessary for the angel to say, fear not, when the angel appeared to each one of these groups or individuals. And I think it's because the angel had very good knowledge uh, and understanding that fear had the ability to rob. Fear had the ability to keep those individuals from their uh, participation in the miracle that was getting ready to happen. Uh, Let's think about our own fear experiences this morning. Uh, Is there anybody here that's ever been gripped by fear. Has anybody been hijacked by fear, robbed by fear? Raise your hand. Be honest. Yeah, most people in the room would say at some point in time, fear has robbed me. Fear has hijacked me. And that's just what fear does. It just has a way of making this appearance. I started to say grand appearance. I don't think any of us would really say it's grand. But making this appearance that just suddenly we're caught off guard, we're hijacked, we're robbed. I mean, I think about my own um, dealings with fear. And um, I, when I am confronted with a situation that can cause me to fear, I can actually create some uh, what-if scenarios when I'm afraid. You know what I'm talking about? 
Uh, what if this happens or what if that happens? And when I create these worst case, what if scenarios, they are worst case. I, I go to the, to the worst place you can possibly think of. For instance, a, a small example would be maybe I call Cammy on her cell phone and she doesn't answer. That's not, that's okay. You know, she did, she didn't answer, but maybe I call her back a few more minutes and I'm thinking, that's strange. She didn't answer the phone. If I call her a third time, uh, and she doesn't answer, I start to get a, maybe a little bit concerned. It's like, What's going on? Seems, seems like she would answer. If I call her a fourth time and she doesn't answer, I start to move into a little bit of a fearful panic mode. And if she doesn't answer, if I called a fifth time and she didn't answer, I move into full-on panic and fear. And I begin to go to the worst-case scenario. What if? Uh, well, what if the house is on fire? Uh, what, what if somebody broke in? What, what if she was in an accident? What if she's sick? What if she's been kidnapped? Oh, no, what if she's dead? And you think I'm kidding. I'm really not. I can move to the worst case scenario. The problem is sometimes I don't allow time between those phone calls. It's like rapid dial, rapid dial, rapid dial, rapid dial. Right? Why didn't she answer? Why didn't she answer? Why didn't she answer? I didn't really give her a chance. And most times, well, always, uh, the true case is uh, the, all of the men are just, they're looking at their wives and going, yeah, that's what I do. That's what, that's what I do. Uh, never have any of my worst case scenarios actually been what's really going on. Typically, uh, she didn't answer the phone because uh, she was on another call. Or she didn't answer the phone because she's upstairs and the phone's downstairs. Uh, there could be a lot of reasons that she didn't answer the phone, but none of them are according to the worst-case scenario that I created. And it's always going to be that way. We move to the worst case. Um, what is it they say about fear? Fear is defined as false evidence appearing real False evidence appearing real. Think about it. That's what fear does. Fear presents us with this false evidence, and we can do something in our mind that causes us to believe this is true. This is the truth, even when there's no logic behind it. False evidence appearing true. And so when that happens, we allow it to rob us. We allow it to sink in. We allow it to keep us from experiencing um, all that God has for us when we allow fear to step in, to rob us and hijack us. Thankfully, through our life in Christ, we don't have to live as victims of fear. We really don't. First uh, Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says that uh, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So when, when Jesus, when we invite Jesus in, he takes residence in our heart and he's saying, um, he doesn't bring a spirit of fear in with him, but instead God has given us power and love and self-discipline. Oftentimes it's translated as a sound mind. God has given us the ability through Jesus Christ to understand that we can have confidence and that fear has no place. Fear has no place in us. We do not have to fall victim to fear. So this morning, our starting place for the series is when the angel Gabriel appeared to this young Jewish girl, Mary. And Mary was a young girl who had some great plans for her life. She was very excited about those plans, and suddenly there's this, this divine interruption that changes the direction of Mary's life. Everything about what she's doing, every, about where she's going, uh, there's a change. And when she, when she hears God's plan, uh, it comes with great risk. It actually it does, and, and it has the ability 
to, chew, to cause great fear. So her story is taken from uh, Luke chapter 1. I'd like for you to take your Bibles or your phones or ever how you're going to get there and turn to Luke chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 26 through 38. Um, and uh, let me ask you, do you ever find yourself in a place where you're fearful of what God might ask you to do? Listen to mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so this morning, what we're going to do as we look to Mary's story, uh, we're going to uh, we're going to we're going to look at some reasons why that might be true. Why do we find ourselves fearful of God's plan? Why do we find ourselves fearful of what God might ask us to do? I know for myself. Um, Especially as a teenager, I was, I was afraid of what... I, you know, I, was, I was in this point in life, I gave my heart to Christ early, and as a teenager I was making that commitment to, I'm going to give you everything, God. But there was this fear inside of me as a teenager. God, I want to give you everything, but what if? What, what if, God, you asked me to never marry? That would be terrible, God. God, what if you called me to move to some far away land where I didn't know anybody and there was no family? Or God, what if you... There's a number of things that I could have imagined that God would have called me to that I would have thought would have been unbearable. Why? Why was I afraid? What was going on inside of me? So we want to look to the story this morning and, and we want to try to answer those questions. We want to try to find out what are, what are some of the reasons that we might find ourselves afraid of what God asked us to do. So let me read the story to you and I'll talk about it a little bit. Beginning in verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled in her, in his, at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is, having, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's ser- servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. So imagine Mary, a young girl, somewhere between the age of 13 and 16. We don't really know, but culturally we would know that that would be kind of the age range when young girls would marry. So Mary, this young girl, somewhere between the ages of 13 and 16, whose um, handsome prince, Joseph, has, has said, Mary, Will you be my wife? Will you marry me? And she looks back at him with stars in her eyes. And she says, yes, yes, I will. And so she began to plan. Um, 
if we could get into the mind of this young girl, I think that we would see that she was overcome. She was overwhelmed with excitement. If it were modern day, we would probably find her beginning to thumb through bridal magazines. Uh, We might find her binge watching, say yes to the dress, right? Maybe she's practicing her new last name, practicing writing her signature. Or maybe she's dreaming about what they might name their children. Chloe, Samuel, she's, she's in the midst of all of these dreams and all of these plans, and then suddenly there's this interruption. An angel appears, and I'm not talking about the Cupid, little fat Cupid that with the bow and arrow that we see on Valentine's, but I'm talking about this big warrior-like angel, and he appears to Mary with an announcement. And as he addresses her, he says something to this effect. Mary... You are one highly favored young lady. And the passage, as we read it, tells us that she was, um, she was troubled. She was troubled by that, uh, that greeting. Uh, she was troubled. She was, uh, uh, there was an emotion attached to it. She was, she was frustrated. She was puzzled. She was, she was upset. She was fearful. What, what does this mean? And so the angel then responds to her, and he says, It's okay, Mary. You, you don't need to fear. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's, it's all okay. And then he goes on and he defines this favor that he's spoken of. He says, Mary, uh, God has chosen you. God has set you apart. Uh, and he's chosen you to bring a new beginning into the world. He's chosen you to bring light into the world. He's chosen you to be the mother of the Son of God, the Savior of the world. He's chosen you to birth hope into a world that is hopeless. Mary has a very honest response. She says, how, how could this be? I, I've never been intimate with a man. And the angel responds and he says, Mary, you don't have to worry about that. The Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit's going to take care of this. This child's going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And I love Mary's response. She says, I'm all in. So be it. Yes, Lord, whatever you say, I'm going to do. I'm yours. I'm your servant. Isn't that an incredible story? When we really think about it in, in that light, really what was going on, what happened. So when we think about Mary's story... And then we think about um, our own life and the times in our life where we've, um, we find ourselves uh, fearful of God's, what God might ask of us. And then we, we take into account, uh, and we've talked about this many times over the past weeks and even months, uh, that God has, uh, God has created each person in this room, nobody excluded, uh, for a purpose, on purpose, with a plan. And God has an assignment for your life. Uh, You have many God assignments throughout your life. So when you think about Mary's story, we think about the fact that God has an assignment for us. And then we think about oftentimes our response is fearful. God, uh, why would you ask me to do this? What if, you know, we think about our own fear. I want to challenge us to consider some questions this morning. Um, Are we afraid? Maybe you're here today and say, "I'm I'm not afraid. God, bring it on, whatever you ask, and that, that, that's incredible. Help me, because I'm not always in that place. 
I'd love, and I'm going to be, talk to me, help me learn that more. Because I find that personally there are times when God asks me something and I'm fearful. God, what if? How? You know, so the question that I'm asking is, do you find yourself in that place? And if so, why? What is it that causes us to be afraid of God's plan? And so again, um, I, want to, I want to talk to you about three of the reasons. I don't think it's all the reasons, but three of the reasons that we may be uh, fearful of God's plan. And the first, plan is, uh, first reason is this. Uh, we can often view God's plans as interruptions. And in doing so, we uh, interpret God's interruptions as being inconvenient. We often see God's uh, interruptions as inconvenient. Um, probably she didn't, but I, it, it would be interesting. Maybe one of Mary's initial inner reactions could be after she heard the news, well, that's really inconvenient. That sure messes up my plan. What am I going to do about the wedding now? I mean, think about it. I mean, I, but maybe that's because I might be more prone to say, God, that's really inconvenient. What you're asking me to do doesn't really work out with what you've got planned for me. Um, Mary wasn't the only person in the Bible to be interrupted by God. Think about it. Moses was interrupted by God by a burning bush. Um, Jonah was interrupted by God by a great big whale. Saul was interrupted by God while he was on the road to Damascus by a bright light from heaven. And it's interesting, in every one of those situations, uh, when God interrupted, it was actually an invitation. And it was an invitation to a plan that was much better than the plan that they were carrying out in their own lives. Every single time without fail. It was always a better plan. Um, What you and I see or often see or can see as interruptions, God sees as invitations. And God's invitations are not only always to something um, better, but God's invitations, when he he asks us to be involved in his plans, that plan is always life-giving. It's life-giving to us. It's life-giving to someone else. It's meaningful. It means that we can step back and we can feel good because God chose to work through us and then we've seen somebody's life change. And so this morning I want to ask you, do you have your own interruption story? When you look back on your life, can you recall times where God has interrupted you? And if so, if you now move to the present... Can you look back and say, what I thought was an interruption, I actually see now that God was working out His purpose and His plan for my life. It was really an invitation, and it was much better than the plan that I was working on. I can. Or, maybe you're here this morning, and um, you're kind of wrestling because God's been speaking to you about something. God's been speaking to you uh, about a, a, a plan Uh, that's according to his purpose, and it's not coming into alignment with your plan. You're you're hearing God. You're trying to listen to him. But you're saying, but but God, doesn't this seem much better? I mean, look. And and we try to convince God. We lay out our story, and he's going, "You, you can do that. But here's an invitation. This is much better. This is life giving. This isn't an interruption. This is this is an invitation. And so could it be this morning if you find yourself in that place that God is calling you to something different? Is God calling you to something new? 
It's God calling you to some kind of change in your life so that you can partner with his invitation, his purpose, his plan for your life, and that you can find the greatest fulfillment. Instead of being robbed by fear, you walk into the fullness that God has for you. And I'm really serious about that. I would would want you to consider that because I don't want you to miss out on what God has for you. Um, The second reason that we uh, often are afraid of God's plans, we're often afraid of God's plans because God's purpose is different than our plan. God's purpose is different than our... Mary's plan was simply to, I'm going to marry Joseph. But God had a divinely orchestrated purpose that Mary was going to birth the Savior of the world. That Mary was going to bring newness into the world. That Mary was going to bring light into a dark world. That Mary was going to give birth to hope. That was God's divine purpose. And it was much different uh, than the plan of simply marrying Joseph. Um, Far too often... Uh, because we consider God's plan as inconvenient, we consider it an interruption, we're willing to settle for something much less than what God has for us that brings the greatest fulfillment. I came across a great story this week uh, that I think, I believe, illustrates this well. It's a story about a young boy who lived during the Depression years, and um, he heard that the circus was coming to town. And the tickets were a dollar. So he told his dad, he said, Dad, I want to go to the circus. The circus is coming to town. The tickets are a dollar. Dad, knowing that times are really hard, he said, Son, I don't have a dollar to give you. If you're going to go to the circus, you're going to have to earn the money. So the the son began to work very hard until he accumulated enough money, a dollar, so that he could go to the circus. On the day the circus arrived, he he went to town uh, with his ticket in hand, and he watched the performers, and he watched the animals parade through the streets. And a clown walked up to him, and the little boy handed him his ticket. And then he went home, and he was so excited. He said, Dad, the circus was so great. And his dad said, Son, you didn't see the circus. You just saw the parade. How often in our lives do we settle for the parade when there's something much greater waiting on us? I don't want to say a circus. I don't think. (laughs) You get the point I'm making? How often do we question God's purpose and plan for our life because it's different than our plan, and so we we short-circuit, we really rob ourselves, we allow fear to hijack us Rob us of our hope, and we, we say, I'll, 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 I'll do this. I don't know about this. So I'm going to, and what we're saying is, God, I'm willing to settle for less. And, and that's not, that's just not what God has for us. He wants us to be fulfilled. Uh, we often plan for what we know, but God plans according to the potential that he's placed in us and according to the purpose and plan that he has for our life. Here's the third reason. We're often afraid of God's plan because God's plans are greater than what we can accomplish on our own. Remember what Mary said um, to the angel, how, how could this be? I've never been intimate with a man. And I think it was a natural response. But how often for you and I, when God speaks a plan to us, uh, do we say, I could never do that? And you know you're right. You, you'll never be able to do it in your own strength. In our human strength, we we cannot do it. Uh, 
The angel's response to Mary was, Mary, you don't have to worry about it because this is all going to happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. This child is going to be conceived by the Holy Spirit. And here's what I want to say to you today. Um, God has called you to a specific purpose. God has called you to a plan. God has called you to an assignment. And for many of you who have been saying, I don't know how this could happen. In my own human strength, uh, I... I can't do it. And you are 100% right. And the word that the Lord would say to you today is, I will empower you by my spirit. You do not have to depend on yourself. I will give you everything you need to accomplish this assignment. You don't have to settle for something less. I'm extending an invitation to you to something that is greater than you could ever imagine. That's God's word to us. You see, so often we find ourselves worried about the outcome. And the outcome's not our problem. We're responsible for obedience. God's responsible for the outcome. Think about it. We just have to be obedient. It was through Mary's obedience that she was able to overcome fear. And it was through Mary's obedience in overcoming fear and saying yes to God that hope was born into the world. We no longer live in darkness. We no longer live without light. We no longer live in hopelessness. But we have the hope that comes through Jesus Christ. This morning, uh, we're going to join together as we worship in uh, the lighting of the Advent candle of hope. And I want you to listen to this as we prepare for that time. After years of waiting and longing for rescue and deliverance, the long-anticipated event happened. The light of hope pierced the dark night in the form of an infant child. Born in a humble manger and cradled in the arms of a Jewish teenager, the promised Messiah came. I just want to ask you this. Do you believe that God has a a purpose and a plan, an assignment for your life? Are you willing for God to interrupt your plans with a divine invitation so that you can partner with Him in something greater than you could have imagined for yourself. Are you fearful? Are you fearful of God's plan? Have you allowed fear to rob you, to hijack you in some way in relation to that plan and purpose? Do not be afraid. You do not have to do this on your own strength, in your own strength. The Holy Spirit will empower you. God will give you everything you need for the task that He's called you to. You simply need to be obedient. You don't have to worry about the outcome. Would you bow your heads? I want to pray for you. Father God, we believe today that you do have a plan and a purpose and assignment for each one of us in this room. Father God, I pray that we would be a people who would be willing to have our plan interrupted so that we can partner with you in the divine invitation to something much better than we could ever imagine. Something that is life-giving, something that is fulfilling, something that is for your kingdom. Father God, I pray for any who are paralyzed by fear today, that they would recognize that you have not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-discipline, a sound mind, and that you will acquire Equip us for what you've called us to. So, Father God, I pray that we would be a people who would be willing to step out in faith because hope lives in a dark world. We have the hope of Jesus Christ, our Savior. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, Amen. 
For more information on Grace Covenant Church, our service times, ministry opportunities, directions, and more, visit us at gracecovenant.org.